I was lost in a sea of despair and decay, and my heart had turned black, and I didn't know who I was. And I, frankly, I didn't even like the sound of my own voice. Hello, and welcome to The Fizzle Show. If you want to create an independent living, doing something you care about, well then, my friend, you have come to the right place. Your hosts are Corbett Barr, he's the smart one, Caleb Wojcik, the deep one, and me, Chase Reeves, the uh, the hemorrhoidic one. Uh, 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 don't get, listen, it'll make sense here in a second. You'll see, and not in a second, a little while. This episode, you guys, this episode, if I would have found this episode, this conversation a long time ago, it would have saved me years of trial and error. In this conversation, we answer the question, what do you wish you would have known? Going back after all you've experienced, all the success, all the failure, et cetera, et cetera, what do you wish you would have known before you got started? And we also pepper in the answers from some of our favorite independent entrepreneurs throughout. So it is a good one. Get your pen and paper ready, folks. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it as we're discussing the bulletin board in my home office. Is that Merlin Mann up there? No. Who is that? Jeffrey Veen. Oh, Jeff Veen. And then... Oh, I thought wh- you were looking wh- past my shoulder. I'm like, yeah, like, Caleb, is that... <laughs> you're like, like, what? Those are my grandparents. My- <laughs> there was a ghost of Merlin Mann behind you, Caleb. <laughs> um, Jeffrey Veen. And then you have like Brett Kelly and some other assorted, assorted yeah. folks that I know. What's going on here? Um, is this... Are you going schizophrenic I'm on us? I'm schizo. <laughs> so I talk to these people. I, I, so I have this... I are have there this, strings uh, between the... Hey, Jeffrey, what do you think about... <laughs> This design. <laughs> so, well, okay. So, there's a funny story behind the Jeff Bean. So, I've got this billboard uh, or the, this this cork board up behind. What it's by the way, it doesn't it look. It's a cool old cork board. It's got this like weird old green. I can't tell if it's mold. Maybe it's like it a is. it's like a vintage artisanal it's locally artisanal, sourced. Yeah. It's locally sourced. It's hand shucked. Um, it's an so, uppity corkboard. <laughs> and and I've you by the way, dude. I am just getting kind of nuts with the with the index cards on this thing. Yeah, you should see that where it oh, says there's a stack hunter of versus farmer. There's a whole stack of that. now. Those are all like obviously quotable. the farmer loses in that in that war <laughs> exactly. So, um, but anyways, I've got these pe- these pictures on the wall that Corbett's talking about that that are like little little face pictures of like Willie Jackson, Kenny Hyder. Uh, uh, Brett Kelly, Jason Glassby, all, all sorts of people. These are all the, and even my wife is there. I don't know. For some reason, uh, when I look at these people, I think I can see the things that I know that they don't, and the way in which I can say it, where I'll get a little giggle out of them. Mm-hmm. Ver- so these are these are the people I printed out like yeah. for target audience. See, folks, this is this is the downside to working online. You have to start making up friends. <laughs> cut out it's, my friends. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like you've been trapped in the woods in a cabin for ten years. Okay, but then the Jeff Veen thing, uh, it, which kind of could lead us in. I'll find a way to lead this into our uh, to our topic. Um, so Jeff Veen, right? Old school, not not all that old school. No. Okay, so I follow a lot of entrepreneurial types. Mm-hmm. Brad Feld. Um, Paul Graham, mm-hmm. right? Even, even, and then you know, add into the the Gary V's and the um, uh, Seth Godin's, Stephen Pressfields. There's a lot of guys that are. There's a lot coming out from these people that yeah. I can go read and learn and study. Yeah, there's not a whole lot ever about Jeff Green, but he's been the guy that probably I'm most intrigued with 
as a founder, as a CEO. He's a designer, right? He started as a designer guy. He's been he's been CEO e business guy uh-huh. quietly under the seat. He did adaptive path for a long time. That led into X, Y, and Z, and to a handful of other things. Got started a company within adaptive path, a product that then Google bought. He was at Google for a long time. He's the guy responsible, or him and his team are responsible for the Google Analytics redesign mm, cool. um, and a handful of other stuff. Been around it for a long time. Then starts Typekit, right? Ah, uh, got it. And then oh, he started gets, Typekit. He started. Okay. He was and on, Adobe bought that. And Adobe bought that. that. And now he's a product guy. He's a designer. Mm-hmm. It, it very. And so, anyways, uh, the great discontent of this interview with him recently. And that picture was super big at the top of it. And I haven't seen Jeffrey Veen in a long time. Uh, you know, last time, last time, I've, last picture of him is probably uh, th- that I've seen was probably when him and Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin did a conversation on I think it was whatever the talk show or whatever. And it's a that's a really good episode, by the way. But um, he's he's I talked to to somebody who knows him. He's like he's he's aged quite a bit in the last couple of years. He's had he had a kid late in life and, and things are good. He's he's, fine. he's like and he talks he gets at that in um in this interview on the Great Discontent, which we'll link to in show notes. Which is, uh, anyways, I saw this picture immediately. Like, it just struck me so much. First of all, it kind of looks like... He has like, a knowing look about him. You can see a little bit of the wrinkles. He's not old, but I mean, he's, he's, he's not young. And, um, but you can, you can kind of see like a little bit of a weathered look on him. Mm-hmm. He looks a little bit like, I think I'll look a little bit like that with the long head and the, the, I, my nose will be longer. Uh, my my big birdie nose. He's not quite as smarmy as I think you'll look I'm at that re- I'll age, be really <laughs> smart. Like, I'll constantly be, like, saying, like, uh, even if it's a picture of me on the internet, my eyes will be saying, like, want to fool around? <laughs> like, hey there. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, that picture just struck me so much. So I print, I literally printed it out. And you can see, like, the lines from the printer. It's bad. But I look at it, and it... And it, it it's something of a clarifying image for me. <clears throat> I don't know if there's many images besides that maybe that naked wrestling picture this, <laughs> that you've sent me. This was a pretty interesting description of one photo hanging on your corkboard. I feel like um, we could probably kill a couple of hours if we went into <laughs> each one of those. Because the there are like ten. Pictures. Caleb, you should see there are like ten people on this corkboard yeah, up here. Yeah, and, and I feel like we could talk for a half hour at least just about the colors and patterns of the corkboard. There itself. are some things going on, and and we we should we should mention uh, you know top in the middle. It's okay. We can talk about this. There's a there's a knit cap that uh, Melissa's sister made for uh, for a little baby Rowan. Yeah, and he never size. got to wear it, which yeah. is uh, sort of right in the middle of the whole thing, and uh, brings us back to to where we're at right now. The conversation we're going to have is, what do we wish we would have known before starting out? You know, I look back on my career and I, I just see a kid, you know, flailing about trying things. Starting up a WordPress blog, figuring, trying to get through to some of the design stuff, figuring, just figuring out because I know I want to make this thing. So I'm just flailing around for several years, and yeah. through that, I learned so much. But it took so much time. Yeah, you know what I mean. I made so many errors, um, and and I'm sure you, Caleb. What would you say when you look back on you? What do you see? Like the negative side of it, I would say the biggest thing for me was choosing something too specific too fast and pigeonholing myself huh. into what yeah. i was talking about mm. and then the other thing would be not figuring out what the problem was that i was trying to solve for people mm. those would be interesting. the two both of those are really interesting Can those are interesting those at some point? yeah yeah those because, are interesting okay well because for the first point you went too specific too fast one of the things that i always recommend to people is to go specific 
namely because it forces you into a problem. So maybe did you not focus specifically on a specific problem? Did you just focus on some sort of weird abstract specific thing? Yeah, it was just general. I mean, I started in personal finance and so I pigeonholed myself into personal finance and then oh, yeah. there's so many problems. I wasn't trying to solve one. I was just Which trying is to weird, solve all of them. Because personal finance is like a halfway specific, halfway, way too broad. Because yeah. you're like, you're like, it's everything in there. If you just went like, you know, managing credit cards, that's a personal finance thing. That's or managing debt or managing, you know, what four hundred one ks or something mm-hmm. like that. That's even that's a layer of of spec- okay, it's good. So there's things to talk about there. That's that's interesting. There's a, there's a lot to talk about there because I mean I think like you said, you know, our, our typical advice would be to go more specific. So I, I'd love to hear why you think that was a negative, Caleb. And I guess you know the other thing I want to get at before we dive into all the what did you do wrong is, is it really that you did something wrong? Because a lot of times I feel like when you're exploring a topic and maybe it's taking you a couple of years to get anywhere, Mm -hmm. part of that's really just developing your point of view and your skill set. And you kind of have to go through that sometimes, you know? It's like college. Sorry, I'm like mouthing this chocolate. Yeah. I I got a, a really serious degree and a thing I don't use at all. Yeah. But I'm glad I went because it taught me a lot about myself. Yeah, You know what I mean? So when my kid wants to go to college or doesn't, if he wants to go to a trade school or something like that, I'm going to want him to do something that forces him out of himself into new experiences at least a little bit. And here's the difference for me between college and building a business that you feel like maybe you've made a lot of mistakes in and didn't go anywhere. When you build the business or or the blog or whatever, and maybe you feel like, oh, I went too specific or I messed up or yeah. whatever, at least you were doing it in public and getting feedback from people and building a following of some sort. So yeah. like, you know, Caleb feels like, oh, maybe I was too specific. Well, there are plenty of people that know you from what you have right. done over the past couple of years in personal finance and in pocket change that then come with you to other things yeah. later. So it's okay. You can make those mistakes and change topics. And if people identify you, the person, and they, they really connect with you, then you can change and do something else. And some of those people are going to follow you to the next thing. That's definitely something. Well, okay. Let's think about it. how do we want to do this? Should we should we just start individually saying what we wish we would have known? Because we've got a lot of other people to hear from. Um, and uh, But I definitely want to hear from us personally first. Should we just do that or should is there another course of action? What do you think? You're the MC. That, what did that make me want to do? I wanted, <laughs> dance? It made, it you want to dance? It made me want to do something funny. <laughs> and then I didn't have anything there. Oh, we'll see what happened. Not I enough think gas that's the, in the first time today. you haven't had something there in over a year. <clears throat> yeah, I know. It's you know why? Day. We're at your house. We're, no, We're at yeah. your house. You've got family over. Hey, can, can you get your feet off the... Off the <laughs> hey, could you just... Hey, <laughs> yeah. jump, 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 Jeffrey, come, jump, Jeffrey, come back here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, last time we were here, we were in the backyard smoking cigars. That mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, that knocks something loose, as they say. That was good, but actually, I, unintentionally, we didn't. I, I didn't do the cigar smoking thing because it brought me down a little mellow. Oh, a little too mellow, a little chill, too mellow. But it's been a long day. You know, we're recording. It's it's hot and sunny outside, and I had a coaching call with uh, Tom Ross Fizzler today. Uh huh. Um, you know, got some stuff going on, but but uh, I'm I'm excited about this talk because, frankly, I wanted to hear the answers from both of you guys because I yeah. can't. I couldn't imagine what each of you would say and i'm you know so i kind of want to start with caleb because i'm already really intrigued with what you've already said so caleb what do you wish you would have known going back before you started like give us some color on the on the fact that you feel like you went too specific and so don't be racial but do get you know yeah yeah the, <laughs> fill in the details i think is what corbett's saying yeah <laughs> i can't say the word color this isn't, this isn't a movie. Jeez. yeah that's a little ping pong so will <laughs> like initially 
I chose a very specific topic because that was the advice that I was reading. You choose something very specific, you dive into it, you start, you know, mimicking what other people are doing. And then eventually, you know, maybe six to nine months later, after starting my blog, I determined that that wasn't really something I wanted to talk about anymore. I kind of got sick of what I pigeonholed myself into. And a few things along those lines for the mistake route would be that I branded my site specifically for that niche. And so the name of pocket change, you immediately think of money. And so that was something that was hard. I personally, when I heard that name, I always thought of finance, but also personal development at the same time. Oh, okay. Because it's changed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I thought of Jamaican dance hall music. Hmm. Just because that's, Typically, what I'm thinking about all the time. So, so really, you really you weren't paying attention to Caleb, and you were just thinking about what you were going to think about. So, this is interesting. I want to push back just a little bit, Caleb. Mm -hmm. So, do you feel like you went too specific too fast, or that you went specific into a topic that really you weren't that interested in? I think that I was interested in it, and I think that going fast into it was the best thing to do because, like you were saying earlier it made me learn how to do all the rest of the stuff. Instead of focusing on my topic, I just chose one, went for it, dove in, and I wrote 50 blog posts in the first 50 days. So I was really dedicated to just getting content out there. And I think I burned myself out. Mm. So I think the mistake is more that when I was ready to not talk about that anymore and ready to do my next thing, I held on to it for too long. Mm. And you kind of, and you got kind of, you burnt out on it, or you got you got none. There's a difference between burning out and like kind of having contempt for this. Yeah, thing. getting kind of jaded by yeah, it. Where yeah. Like, yeah. I still yeah, get I emails it. from who knows, like financial magazines and credit card companies, like trying to feature whatever news story about student loans or yeah. national debt or you know right. stuff that I I don't know how I got on these lists, but I'm on them kind yeah. of thing. Yep. And so it's like an everyday reminder that that's what I chose. That's interesting. I mean, because, okay, so I, one of the things I was working on last week with uh, a fizzler that I'm coaching called Tom Ross is I, I, had, I gave him some homework. I said, okay, everything at some point turns into a job. It's just work, right? And we've talked about this here on the show before. Yeah. Everything turns into just a job at some point. So when this becomes just a job, just work, what's going to keep you doing it? And typically, the, the, the answer to that has something to do with the purpose behind the mission of your thing. You know, yeah. um, why, why what we're doing is significant. Mm-hmm. So for us with Fizzle, it is, it, it's because people are literally putting their asses on their line, their life's on the line, trying to, to create some sort of independent lifestyle. You know what I mean? Doing something that they care about instead of working for the man somewhere or wasting away in some cubicle like, trapped in some endless bureaucracy or of you know what i mean all it's just that you could feel the sludge of that yep. you know what i mean and up, as opposed to that it's like the the kind of scary independence and freedom like live sort of agile lifestyle that that can give you doing your own thing but it's tough there's a reason why not everybody's doing it right now because you have to assume all the risk you have to be the expert you have to this so that's the mission that's when when it's just a job to have a coaching call with someone when you're like there's other things you wish you could do yeah or when there's other you wish you could try other projects that yep. I have to say no to yeah for the sake of, of which we all do all the time every right? day right so but what makes that worthwhile is the worthwhileness of this thing I've said yes to right yeah. you know um so and let's be honest, like to do anything meaningful, you kind of have to get through that. Like 
there's the honeymoon period. It's going to be fun. You're yeah. going to be excited about it. You get through that. And then it's like a job or like a marriage or something. And after that lust and excitement has worn off, yeah. you have to find a way to make it through to really get to the point where that thing that you started becomes worthwhile because it's going to take years, you know, yep, totally. and nothing's going to stay super exciting for years, you know, totally nothing ever does, even if it's something you're most passionate about, you know what I mean? And there's, there's a great quote from Alan Watts. I wish I had in front of me about like, you know, Hey, if you want to stop being passionate about a thing, make it your income. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you, if you really want to, or it's, it's actually more to the gist of like, I, I promise not to whore out my passions uh, for the sake of something else, right? So, and by passion, and this is, he's a Buddhist guy. Passion has a very particular meaning yeah. in yeah. this crew. Um, so anyways, the point being, I resonate totally with that, Caleb, with being in that mode of like, oh God. I mean, because I mean, I, I, I was going to start a site for a long time. For about a year and a half, I was working with a buddy to create a site called Cigar Apprentice. We got really into cigars. It's very hard to find out how to do cigars because you walk into the cigar shop and like some old guy's like, just he wants to he wants he wants to make you feel like a piece of crap for some reason. Yeah. He wants to say like he wants to show you that he's got the power and you don't or whatever. I don't know. So unless you have a dad or, a, or an uncle who can be real, who can who actually is nerdy was enough. This, was this a certain cigar shop in Portland that starts with an R? And no, there was plenty of them. Okay. that one is <laughs> that that one as well. But uh, there every time, every time, it, you know, and then a cigar guy. So here's. Anyways, the point they kind of think that you it's like a passing thing for you. Like yeah, they don't think you take it seriously totally. enough. Like I'm not overweight. I don't have a I don't have a goatee. No offense to cigar connoisseurs I, out there. I, of which I am now, right? <laughs> yeah. But but it, and so the point being, we wanted to start Cigar Apprentice. Um, I worked with a buddy for about a year and a half, and, and it just and eventually I came to the point where it was uh, where life kind of life got in the way. I was running Cigar Apprentice or Father Apprentice at the time, and working at Rossi. I knew Father Apprentice was like was a great thing. I kind of wanted to always have that going there, but never really as a full time gig. Cigar Apprentice, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be the cigar guy. Like at the at the point of, of at that point of life, Aiden was about two. And I just never got a chance to smoke a cigar. Yeah. Because my son was two. Yeah. And I didn't want to smoke around him. Plus, the other thing is, do you want to have a job where you have to smoke two cigars a day every That's day right. or something? <laughs> well, fr- frankly, yes. But but the point being, like, I realized that it wasn't the life that I wanted to be. And I didn't want to be that guy. In the same way, like, you probably didn't want to be that finance guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was you a didn't big piece of that- advice that I think the first time I heard that was Adam Baker said it at WDS. The first year I was there, we were sitting around having dinner. And just having general conversation with people like Steve Cam and Adam pointed to Steve and he was like, look at Steve. Steve is the fitness guy. Like figure out what guy you can be and Mm. you're comfortable with that for five or 10 years and you'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. That's great advice. But it also feels scary. It feels limiting. Like, like, you know, you're going to be the, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm the personal finance guy. And maybe even think like that'll last for forever or for five years. Mm -hmm. But, but there's, but here's the, here's the counterpoint to that. Like, okay. So you look at, let's say Jay-Z or somebody who's like, Jay-Z for Canadian listeners. They have this, they have this command over all kinds of things in life, right? They're into fashion and and all kinds of interesting stuff, but they started, (laughs) they started in he started in one thing he became really known and really good at one thing and when you choose a topic and you choose to be the personal finance guy or the fitness guy or whatever yeah. you have to realize that first of all that can be the spring pad to doing all kinds of great things in life once you lock down something and become known for that and frankly just earn enough money and have a reputation yeah. to be able to convince other people to let you do other things like kevin bacon can lead a band even though maybe he sucks at it you know what i mean hmm. um or 
Um, you Wait, also where the hell did Kevin Bacon just come from? Is that some reference I should know about? <laughs> doesn't he doesn't he front a band? I don't know. <laughs> or Keanu Reeves fronts a band, right? I mean, I can't imagine he's particularly good at it. Maybe I'm, he I'm is. Sure he's I don't great, know. Actually, anyway, okay. what I'm saying is. You know, you don't have to work your way up through the ranks because you're known as an actor, so yeah. now you can just go start a band. You so, said that before. They're called the Bacon like, Brothers. <laughs> is that for real? Yeah. You've said that before where uh, if you just pick one and be the guy in a thing, even if you don't, even if you're not like recognized as an expert in the thing, if I go to your site and I realize, oh, he's the guy who's helping people with ADD lose weight. Like if I go and see something quite specific. Then, then it's like, oh, he's, you know, he can actually, he has more of a platform. He has more of a reason. I have more of a reason to let him talk on my site, do a guest post or whatever. Because he, well, he's obviously clearly offering value over here and doing this thing. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, you you get those emails from the guys when they're doing just like a lifestyle design thing. Yeah. It's just like, okay. It, yeah, when it's not very specific. But if, if, they, if they've done the work to get to some sort of specific sort of, even if it's a thing that only, they only last for like a year and a half, two years, three years, right? Right. Before they pivot and move it on. At least into you have else. that because there's this thing where 95% of people that you come across online are super <laughs> flaky and just don't stick with anything for more than three months. And yeah. it's really hard to say yes to doing interviews and things when you just have this feeling that this person's not going to be there in three months because they're yeah. going to get bored with it and move on. And the fact is that anything, like you just said, is going to be boring after a few months. Yeah. So pick, you know, do your best to pick a topic that's going to keep you motivated, that you believe in the mission and that it's fun to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then just say, what you know what? I'm going to force myself to do this, just like your parents had to force you to do homework as a kid yeah. because they knew that, you know, whatever skill you were trying to get was important in the long run um it's like learning a language it's not fun after a while but if you have those skills it's really useful and and fun the other thing is when you choose a topic and you go really specific like you're going to be the personal finance guy there's nothing that stops you from talking about fitness or family life or anything else on that platform even though you're the personal finance guy it actually helps to have a little bit of personality and some human like element behind all that stuff because everybody else it's a differentiator it's like this podcast we're talking about business but we veer off and talk about (laughs) (laughs) jeffrey veen or whatever for you know what i mean because it's interesting and it adds some color okay good so okay caleb anything else uh from you on what you wish you would have known on that or in that vein i think that i also didn't get good enough at specific skills fast enough i focused just on writing and on the design of my site, I spent way too much time tinkering with the design of my site and trying to make it look better instead of just maybe paying someone to do it or picking something and then just leaving it hmm. and focusing on like making content. So the so, loss there was you spent too much time. You said you said not getting better at at, at more skills. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Because I so, understand the spending too. I think we all resonate with like tinkering with design too much, mm-hmm. tinkering with some feature that nobody cares about. You know what I mean? Too much. Right. So, but, but what about this other stuff you wish you would have known more about? So, even before I started blogging, I used to design websites, but I never, after college, I never tried to like get better at designing websites. I would just do what I knew. And then I, that was like the ceiling that I would hit to design these websites. I could only charge, you know, a thousand dollars for them or something. And I didn't try to up my skills at that. So, but do you mean, you mean like not diving in and becoming a, an expert at something very specific, like really elevating your skills in one particular thing? Uh, Yeah. Not looking to see where my actual side income was coming from. Yeah. And 
getting better at it and then trying to find more clients at that. Yeah. Now I've spent a lot of time in video and now I have more video clients and stuff Yeah, because I've spent so much time studying it, going to workshops, watching tutorials online, just tinkering with cameras and shooting random stuff. And, and like it's the more time you spend on those skills, it's crazy that the work or the clients or whatever just start to come because what you put out is quality and people see it. Yeah, and it's really it's really always easy to find someone who's a mediocre accountant or a mediocre oh, yeah. videographer or a mediocre designer. Yeah. Those are a dime a dozen, right? And so as you move up the quality chain, all of a sudden the competition gets really stiff. Like to find somebody, people ask me all the time, like, who should I hire as a designer? And it's like, I know tons and tons that are just kind of like, meh. And, it's, and the people who are really good, they're in such demand that they're booked out six months. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, okay, so I hear you saying you wish you would have di- done a deeper dive, become more of an expert, just kind of say, seen though that those several years, those two to three years of, of being 80% better than, or 20, whatever, better than 80% of the people out there. Mm-hmm. Seen those two to three years as just like, a, okay, that, that's the cost of doing business. That is, those are table stakes. I have to do that. So, and, and it sounds like you probably, but I mean, I put myself in your position. I'm like, which, which skill am I going to go for? You know what I mean? Like just so pick for, one and start going. Yeah, but 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 then you run the same risk uh, as as you're saying you regret about uh, starting the business in personal finance. You feel like you kind of painted yourself in the corner, but you didn't know that until three years later, right? So, but it, I hear what you're saying though. You really do have to just get started, don't you? Mm-hmm. You just have okay. to write them all down, dump them out of your head, and just choose one. Prioritize them if you want to. Choose one. Spend a weekend doing See, that thing. And- By the way, honestly, okay. All right, I'm going to get into my two answers real quick because yeah. it piggybacks right on that. Two answers, two answers, two answers. I have two answers, two answers, part do. All right? Number one. Duh. Hello. like Remember that? That's a fizzle show, Inside Jokes. Remember that? That was awesome. Hello, and welcome to the Inside Jokes. Those, that, that. That cocktail's good, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. A little bit of paste shows, a little bit of dry vermouth. I found it just kind of like, it was just all of a sudden In a gin gone. and tonic. It's, yeah. it's like, it's bang, bang busters. Hey, listen, first of all, um, oh, that, that sounds bad. Um, moving on. Chris Johnson, I asked this question of, a, of a, we all, we asked this question of a handful of people. We heard back from lots of them. Um, here's what Chris, so throughout, let's just kind of pepper these. Caleb, wherever you yeah. see. Pepper, uh, uh, pepper us. A sort of place to, to throw one in, do it. When I asked Chris Johnson, a uh, sales guy at Simplifilm, more than a sales guy, but sales guy nonetheless, uh, he said he wishes he would have known that competence is rare and that even the best people can't get good work. This is to your point, Corbett, of what you were saying about it's really easy f- to find mediocre stuff, mm-hmm. really easy to find a so-so designer. A so-so accountant. Um, yeah, I guess that's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, email template designer or whatever, right? Yep. Really easy to find that. And Chris Johnson, looking back, wishes he would have known that more because now he does. And he walks in and when he talks to a client, when he builds a product, when he does the things that he does, he, he just does so with so much confidence because he knows that one fact, that 80, 80 90% of the people out there yeah, you're gonna find some kid who can who can just do all sorts of magical, you know, amazing stuff. But he's not gonna deliver it within budget or on time, and he's not gonna know what a budget is. And he's not, you know what I mean? Like you're gonna yeah. use all these compromises. So like working with someone 
who actually can do the work well, maybe less than extremely well, but far it, it's worth far more than someone who can do it so-so. Yeah, you've heard this about like developers, right? That the that the top developers are ten times as effective as the average one, right? Software mm. developers, they're really hard to find. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about differentiation all the time and how important it is to set yourself apart and make yeah. yourself stand out. That is important for like the, you know, the initial contact when somebody reaches out to you and they're like, oh, Chase is a designer for bloggers and yeah. I'm a blogger and I want a designer. So I'm going to choose him over a general designer. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. That's important. But um, being competent and being really good, that is a really great differentiator as well. It takes a little while for it to take hold, but that can make you stand out once people catch yeah word that you're actually better than everyone else um like caleb said like they're going to start beating down your door and you're going to have more clients and you know what to do with oh my door my door is beaten down i've been i've been beating down my door i don't know i was heading towards something again it's slow (laughs) yeah slow today i'm grieving people just deal with it (laughs) folks this this doesn't happen to chase very often i feel Uh, like uh, i feel like you're like joke impotent today yeah it is it is it's funny thing we recorded last week and i was way yeah you're way over the top (laughs) over the top i think you unplugged your i think i did i can't really hear myself at this point can you hear me can you hear me chase i can you're still on (laughs) okay i can hear myself you good now? now okay so um all right, I'm going to tell you my two, okay? In fact, I didn't have these prepared, but now I know that I have exactly two, and I might have more as we go on. First of all, value. I wish, you, I wish someone would have told me, kid, it's cute that you make so much stuff and that, and that you love your things you make so much. Hey, kid, let me tell you something, <laughs> see? I want to tell you that you have to love something, see? We'll see sometime. Hey. <laughs> all right, kid, listen. I see what you're making, you kid. Uh, it's good stuff. It's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good stuff. It's cute, kid, but you got to understand this thing. See, I can't even do that. It feels like a lot of effort. Um, you, you got, like, it's cute what you're making. That you, you know, you're, you make some stuff. You, you throw your whole self into it. You don't know how to take feedback on it because you're all in there. There's no separation between you and the work. Cute, kid. Let me tell you what business is. Business is building something that people want. If you don't do the work to find out what they want and delight them and surprise, throw all that love behind something they want, and you've got a really great thing going on. In fact, in that Jeffrey Veen uh, uh, interview on The Great Discontent, there's a wonderful quote. We'll have it up on uh, fizzleshow.com slash 16. Is this episode 16? Yeah. Indeed. 15 is going up on Friday. Indeed it is. So um, fizzleshow.com slash 16. There's this awesome quote from Jeffrey Veen that... uh, What's great about it is it, he's a really plain-spoken guy, which I really dig plain-spoken stuff. That's why I still like Kurt Vonnegut and Stephen Pressfield and these guys. There's some sort of humanity and chutzpah to it that just, it's not about the fanciness. Um, but he talks about, you know, it's great when you find, I can't even remember it. You're going to have to find it. But it's something about combining, you know, the things you're good at with the things the world finds valuable. Okay? So you're going to have to go to the, to the site for that. And it is worthwhile. So I wish someone would have grabbed me by the shoulders and said, um, you've got to understand what it means to create something that's valuable. Valuable, value, not as in Malto meal, value, meaning like something that you get a lot for a little bit of money. Value as in like, this is worthwhile. This is useful to me. I have this problem and this directly, you know, serves that problem. I, one of the, the old, 
you know, if you read old copywriting books, they always talk about medical conditions. Like if you have hemorrhoids and there's no there's no salve for hemorrhoids on the market at all, yeah, and you make the first salve for, you know, oh the, god, can you imagine? You know, you know yeah. it's like your your rectal has got so much gosh darn funk going on in it. I've got this cream. It alleviates your pain and embarrassment. And it's like all of a sudden, you know, so that's useful. Yes. That's what I mean by value. Yeah. It, it, I mean, make something for my asshole is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Kid, you do cute stuff. Now make something for someone's asshole. Yep. That's what, that's what, is that going to become is that, my new, does that have to be bleeped or <laughs> is that going to become my new, my new way that's of your talking about yeah. value? Yeah. <laughs> make something for someone's asshole. Yes. But. <laughs> Leave out the context, please. Yes, no it context. Just, it just sounds no better. Context. Can I read a quote to you? Yeah. <clears throat> this is from a uh, site that I read. I don't know if you guys have heard this. It's called icethebrim.com. I, I read this every now and then. It has <laughs> lots of useful insights. And I did for a little while. The guy's a freaking jiffy. <laughs> so uh, Jeffrey Veen on passion, talent, and value. He says, I'm hesitant to say follow your passion because I don't believe in that. It has to be something that you are also good at and that the world finds valuable. I mean, tell me, Corbett, if that does not nail your sentiment to to the board. Uh, because yes, yes, yes. If what he's saying is, I'm hesitant to say, follow your passion. Period. Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, is is there a period after that? There's a comma, <laughs> and I don't know if he meant that that was the end of that but, sentence or yeah, not. Yeah, okay, I got what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that it's valuable to follow something that you're interested in, yes. that you feel passionate about. Well, you have to be interested, because it's going to turn into a job, and you're going to have to be, you're going to, otherwise you're just going to fizzle out. Like, like, even Fred Wilson, one of the world's foremost VC angel investor guys, right? Yep. He's, I was just listening to an interview with him, uh, with uh, Jason Calcanis. He was, he was saying the same thing. If I don't sense in the founder a, a an interest level, a kind of personal care for this problem. Yeah, I'm not interested because they they will hit the first roadblock and they'll be like they'll be like oh maybe it's not working and they'll find any excuse to leave because success and money kind of isn't enough of a winning. For some people, winning and success and money is enough, right? But for for the kind of people I want to do business with or I want to hang out with, it's not enough. You got to have some sort of personal care in the thing. Yeah, and and it's it's again, I think it's the difference between lust and love, right? So Ooh, that's deep. You have to love something deeply and care about the outcome and about what it means to the world and the mm-hmm. people that you're serving, as opposed to just like a feigning interest, like it's the flavor of the month, yep, and it's some hot topic. Because what happens is that flames out really quickly, just yep. like a new relationship or something might. No, that's a good. That's a really good point. And 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 one little caveat on that, yeah, just because we haven't really talked about it anywhere else is like, and I see it and I see it all the time in the forums at fizzle. Like people want, to, we feel like we're, we're compa- like we have to make it matter on some really global, massive scale. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. Just make something for somebody's butthole. Just make something for somebody's butthole. <laughs> like one person's butthole. You know what I mean? Sure. But like just useful. Oh, useful. this episode is really not going where I thought it was going to. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean though? Like when, when people, like yeah. when someone said, someone shows you their business idea and they think because they're explaining it in a way that like really uh, <laughs> highlights how deep and meaningful this business idea is that it's going to connect harder with you. Yeah, and it's like no, no, it just feels cheesy. It just, yeah, it feels like you're just pushing it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Really, unless it's valuable, you know, then it's it, like it's valuable because something, yeah. something, something. And here's another skill, a really useful life skill, which is learning how to care about almost anything. 
This, this is like a, a Buddhist thing, a Zen thing, right? Where um, you, you learn to enjoy the thing that you're doing for the sake of gonna, oh, doing that thing, that. whether it's, keep going, but a little quieter. Um, like doing the dishes or whatever, like actually just enjoying that process. It's more like a didgeridoo. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that's a didgeridoo. It's pretty good. Welcome to the Survivor Podcast. Good. Yeah. Not quite deep enough, but anyway, whatever. Oh, I can, obviously, I can that, that obviously. No, that no, part sorry. Is no, garbage. you were getting that. How to care about anything, though. Yeah, and, and how to turn something that's not exactly your passion into a lifelong love. You know yeah, what I mean? Because you see the, you see the usefulness. The meaning the in yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, okay, there's this, you know, you know how over the past like five or 10 years, the world, at least, you know, first world, has been really obsessed with happiness as yeah. a pursuit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been reading a lot lately about how happiness on the surface level is kind of self-defeating like to pursue it you actually make yourself unhappy by pursuing happiness mm. and the way to true happiness is to pursue meaning instead mm. um so you know instead of looking at something that you're just surface level passionate about whatever yeah. that means look for something that you can find a deeper meaning in yeah. and care about for your whole life mm. i like that that's interesting it's true though i don't know if I've ever when you say that that's before. interesting is it kind of like when you say that's funny but you don't laugh yeah haha <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know if I've heard that before, like, especially not in a business context, you can care about anything, but it's very true. And I, and I would use, I would definitely encourage people to like, okay, this thing you care a whole lot about, it's going to become a job in the end, no matter what, like it's at some point, it's just going to be work. Yeah. You know, second of all, you can kill a lot of things that you love by making your life, making, making your income dependent upon it, right? Or your, your gluten-free crackers dependent upon it. Third of all. That doesn't make it necessarily special because you can see the purpose of hemorrhoid cream, even though you don't have hemorrhoids, and make your life about serving people who have hemorrhoids. And that can be very meaningful and successful at the same time, you know, because truth is, you know, puppy love, you know how puppy love fades out. Yeah. I mean, we're all three married guys here, and there's probably some people who are listening who are married. If you are, probably a few. Fizzleshow.com. <laughs> probably a few. Slash 16. Let us know. <laughs> Um, because you know what it's like to be a few years into a marriage and the, a few years into a relationship and the puppy loves, it's no longer like a knee jerk reaction to just be super gentle and gracious with one another. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or totally. It, it, you know what it, it's becoming not, and when I say job, I don't mean a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, in the way that like having More like a, a career a job, it's like a career. Yeah. It's a career. <laughs> it's my career. It's Anyways. a, call, it's a calling. Okay. So that's a big rant. But it's good. Number two, though. Was that one topic? Holy cow. That was what? one of du. It was in, in, it was in of du. How do you say it? In of du. Um, and then, secondly, I wish someone would have told me the, about focus and dedication. And I really see those as two, of the, two parts of the same coin. Focus and dedication. I was always the kid who was jumping from one phase to another, to another, to another. To, and I was at every phase, rollerblading, skateboarding, punk band, metal guitar, super grind court. Like, you know, all at every stage I was asking, oh, is this me? Yeah, this is me. And then I was finding out, no, it's not all the way me. You know what I mean? And I was really trying, because my search was about who am I and what am I here for? That's good. You want to have self-awareness about that journey. Yeah. Um, and there's as a high schooler, there's no other way. I mean, that's how you do it, right? Yeah. But um, as it came into business stuff, 
I never really. How often do you hear this from people? You know, I've got so many ideas. How do you find? How do you focus? How do you pick one? Or how do you this time? That's the hard thing. Kind of when we were talking earlier, Caleb, about how do you know if it's video or writing or whatever? You kind of just have to pick one and jump right in. So I see. Okay, three words: focus, dedication, believability. I have this video on Ice to the Brim where I go through this. It's the focus factor trademark. and you'll see you're still why not I, happy about that name. You'll you? see why I giggle about the name. I think it's so cheesy, but I had to name it that. <laughs> um, but there, there, there's a point at which this is the first time I've ever experienced it. It was in Fizzle. After we've done about half a year, maybe nine months of work on Fizzle and on the brand, on what we're building, why we're building, who we're building it for, I, had know, I know it so well. I'm so into it. I've thought around it so many times that I'm like, I really, I've started to believe it. Like this story matters. Believe it, Serving like as in Justin Belieber. I became. I grew up my hair. Just you could see the one eye yep. over the thing. <laughs> um, looked like a total douche on Instagram. Just totally went in. Sure, you know? your your Instagram stream is full of selfies. <laughs> exactly. I'm just making a duck face. <laughs> but to be honest, I like, I like his tunes. So. Focus, dedicate, trying to get back in here because I really want to go into Belieber land, but I'm trying to pull it back. Focus, dedication, believability. There was, this didn't make sense until I got to a point where I actually believed it. I actually like, was like, holy, you know what? I think this is it. I think this, I, I, had, I, had, I had tried so many phases, done so many things. I had experimented enough. So I wish someone would have said, hey, for the next 10 years, you're going to dig and try a lot of different stuff. Just feel what it's like to be in that. Just yeah. feel what it's like to be in that. What is it? Enjoy does the feel, digging, yeah. Yeah. Does this feel like you? Does this uh, make notes? Is this like you? Is, is this like you? What did that? What was? What? What? Okay, that didn't. That felt like it rubbed. What? What rubbed about that? Yeah. And then when I, because then you will know when you land on the thing. I wish someone would have said that because I can look back and say like I knew when I landed on the thing eventually. Yeah. I don't know if everybody gets that experience, and, and it's not our responsibility to create that in everybody else. You know yeah. what I mean? But like that to me was. Absolutely, I, I'm just real grateful for it. Like, yeah, I don't. I'm not thanking anyone in particular because Jesus and I are seeing other people. We're more actually in an re- open relationship. As time goes, it's like it was like we're like in an open relationship. But like, uh, but still, it's like I'm just really grateful for that because I don't. I can't really take responsibility for it. For some reason, I was in the place and time to be in this conversation and this this little tripod right here. You know what I mean? Tripod. That was my nickname in college. <laughs> <laughs> Look at his face. Oh, Fizzlers, I w- listeners, I wish you could hear see his face. It's such a uh, bashful high school kind of smile. Oh, that was good. <laughs> okay, you were so going to say something. Two, two things about what you were just pointing out. One is if I can just point out a metaphor for this whole idea of like kind of, you know, giving yourself the freedom to fool around a little bit before you commit to something. I, yeah. It's kind of like your work day. You know, you know that you have this really important thing to do. And, Absolutely, you have to get this thing done during the day at yeah. some point. But you kind of let yourself, like for the first three hours of the day, go read, you know, Engadget, and yeah. then like go watch some cat gifs and totally. stuff like that. Totally. You know, for a few hours, just to kind of like get your mind in the right place so that you can do the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you try to write an email without looking at a bunch of cat, cat gifs, gifs like, yeah, you realize like unless you're chasing cat gifs, are the most important thing that has to happen. <laughs> exactly, <I think. laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. By seven o'clock, I got to look at five cat gifs. Otherwise, <laughs> I just want to write these emails though. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing though um about you chase is i think that uh you're glossing over it just a little bit because the things that you mentioned that you dove into like whether it was um 
surfing or wakeboarding or like um, being a punk rocker or whatever, you dove in like balls first it's in true. all of those things. It's true. And you're really good at all those things. And you could tell that you spent like a solid six or 12 months like going all out or well, longer. Well, regardless of it, if, whether or not I was good at them, I, I like, I really did. I was all in. Like I thought I, I like I was a believer. Yeah. Right? I, I, I would just like, I tell you about one phase. Went to the hair salon, grew out my hair, went to the hair salon. I took in a picture of Johnny Resnick. Johnny Resnick. Do you know who Johnny Resnick is? No. no. Caleb? No. Anyone? How about if I sing? Give up forever to touch you. He's the singer of the Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, All right? Oh. I took in a picture of Johnny Resnick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> We were just talking about being punk rock, and you're bringing up the Goo Goo Dolls? I'm telling you, this was in the height. Like, this was after... What the f*** is wrong with already, you? <laughs> I was already a kid in Berkeley who was, like, in some of some of the bands here, right? Like, I was one of the guys. Oh, that's horrible. And, and I thought it'd be cool. Never mind. I take back everything that I just Highlights said. Highlights <laughs> in my hair. Went to Nordstrom's. Got, like, two different outfits from all oh Kenneth Cole gear. Rocked that for about a week, and I, and I went all in. Wine red hair. Wine red Highlights. Okay, so you were you were suffice it to say I wasn't good at it, but I did it all the way. So you went all in <laughs> on yeah. being like a mid to late nineteen nineties sort of emo ish. Uh, emo? S- no, it's alternative alternative rock. Uh, but no, 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 that was not alternative pop. rock. It was alternative. Pop you missed rock. the boat on that. No, but that was during the. Sh- period of all music listen to iris and not the mid to late 90s were the shittiest period in music history iris is a great song it was all it's a great song (laughs) do not fight for the goo dolls that hard Dude, I man, could, to you be just, honest, seriously, you lost all credibility with me. You have like two honest. months to dig yourself out of this hole. No, no, I got. You be, are now in the Goo Goo Dolls hole. I'm just as God you can made. Get out me. of the hole. I'm if just as God you have made. A picture. Me. Oh but uh, yes, yeah, suffice it to say, I went all in. Okay, what was the point of that though? Why did? Why would you bring that even up? Because because okay, to see if whatever it was that you were trying on mm. actually fit you. You actually tried on the outfit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas a lot of people, um, when they're going through this phase of, oh, do I want to be a personal finance blogger or, oh, do I want to be the guy who's really good at design? They actually do nothing to actually try the work yeah, and see if true. they can no, become good at it. Well, All yeah. they do is read about it and fantasize about it, and they don't actually put any work in. That's they don't really get the haircut, if you will. <laughs> they don't get the haircut. <laughs> they, don't have, they don't have the highlights, do they? No, I see that you want that, but you, don't, you didn't get the highlights, did you? <laughs> I mean, this kid had wine red hair. <laughs> Kenneth Cole. <laughs> Kenneth flipping Cole. Exactly. The dude looked like a biggest, he looked like a tampon. <laughs> he looked like a damn tampon. <laughs> but it's true. I have seen that. And you know what it's like. I, I mean, I've been there as well. I've been in fantasy mode. Man, I, it makes me think of, because Buddhists talk a lot about, about uh, fantasy. And uh, there's three words I wish I would have written them down that they, that they rock all the time. <laughs> this is the only show that can go from the Goo Goo Dolls to Buddhism in a split second. Really? I, I beg to di- Well, maybe. No. I listen to a lot of Back to Work. This feels very... I feel <laughs> okay. like they could do that kind of thing. But anyways, fantasy. Fantasy, like 99% of the thoughts that you think are not true. They're fantasies. Mm-hmm. Or the things that could potentially be true. Or they're whatever, right? And I'm, again, I'm making up the statistic. Why? So I sound scientific. But the point being, you have so, so many more thoughts that are fantasies than those that are true. Yeah. Right? Um, and yet, you're kind of trained to believe your thoughts. 
as you know, I want that granola bar, and then you get the granola bar. Like this is what there's those thoughts that you actually just act out upon. But then ninety nine percent of them are these fantasies. You know, and I don't mean some sexual fantasy or yeah, this yeah. That, and the other. So it's, it's just all- it only exists in your mind exactly. is what you're saying, and and it's the it's the difference between ideas and execution, and this is why ideas are worthless mm. because if you don't actually act upon them, they never happened. Yeah. And people feel like, oh, I have this business idea, and they obsess about it for a while, and they go through the motions in their head, and then they never do anything about it, and then they let it go. Yeah. And so they just lived out the whole life cycle of the business in their mind, and they have nothing to show for it. Mm. I feel like I just lived out your whole cycle in my life. There you go. My life, mind, and your mind life. Okay. So those are my two. Caleb's done his. Corbett, Corbett, your turn. Okay, Uh, I have ten. Do we have time for that? Probably not. Okay, no. Let's. You get to pick one to two. We'll include. We've actually each done two, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll include a link to uh, a blog post I wrote recently about ten of these things. So that's a good. That's a good post, by the way. What's the title again? Top Top ten mistakes in online business. Starting an online business. Top ten mistakes in starting an online business. Okay, so looking at your specific story. Yeah, looking at my specific story. Okay, so first, um, waiting too long to launch a product or service. So there's this thing that I wish someone had told me. It's amazing I didn't think of this, but in order to earn an income, you have to offer something for sale that people can pay you for. Unbelievable. It's weird. No one told you that? It's weird. Nobody told me that. Blog and put on FeedBurner and then just take care of it. Strange, right? I don't know how that happens, but um, I, I attribute it partly to the fact that I spent. Uh, three years from 2006 to 2008 working on a Silicon Valley startup, many of which uh, don't actually pursue revenue. I don't know if you heard about Tumblr or Instagram, these billion-dollar sales, mm-hmm. but they didn't actually pursue revenue. They just yeah. built up a user base, and then they sold to some company for many millions of dollars, a thousand million dollars, actually. <laughs> Thousands of millions of dollars. Um, so <laughs> when I switched gears from... A thousand million dollars. <laughs> so when I switched from being in that world to being in the world of supporting yourself, yeah. uh, I just spent a long time working to figure out what it was I was doing, the problem I was solving, and um, building the audience, and not a whole lot of time just very concretely thinking about the product or service that I was going to launch. The really interesting thing is if you sit down to create a product or a service it forces you to imagine what problem you're actually solving yep. and what value you're going to bring. Mm. So you can waste a lot of time and, and really um, you know, fool yourself into thinking that you're doing something important by building up an audience when, in fact, you don't know if that audience is going to actually buy something from Here's you. Here's my question. Okay, if you, had the, if you were starting all over from scratch, it's a hard question to ask. Because there's too much context you really need I can to I can tell you actually wh- exactly what I would do because I did it. Okay, what? Okay, so I think what you were going to ask is if you're going to start from scratch, would you start with the product or the audience first? But, yeah, more or less, yeah. More or less. So here's the thing. My first blog, I started on a whim. I didn't know if it was going to be a business. It's I went at it. Bar.com. It was free pursuits at the time. Okay. And eventually, now it's in the Think Traffic archives. Okay. You can go find it there. Um, I blogged for nine months or so, actually a year. I blogged for a year at that site before ever releasing a product, more like 15 or 18 months, actually. Um, about nine months into that, I started thinking, you know what? I don't know exactly what problem I'm solving here. I don't feel like it's specific enough. And I'm going to give myself a pass and actually start over. And that's when I conceived of the blog Think Traffic. Mm. Now, when I thought of Think Traffic, I immediately planned both the product and the audience at the same time, knowing exactly how I was going to build the product along the way. And I think this is the best way to do it. 
to imagine the audience you're going to build and start planning the product at the exact same time and start executing both in parallel. So it was a both and. Both and. Because if you start just with the product, you have no idea who the audience is, how it's going to turn out, if they're really interested in this. And when you're done with the product, you still have the problem of, well, there's nobody there to buy it, right? So I recommend starting with both because if you start with just the audience and don't build the product, then you can go a year or two years. And most people burn out because they get so deep into podcasting and blogging and doing all these audience building things that they don't leave themselves. Yeah. Blogger trap. It's like a, it's like a hamster Hamster. wheel. Yeah. Yeah, The blogger hamster wheel. It's just, it takes a lot of effort of, uh, in, in the, uh, the design course that I have within fizzle, the massive magnum opus, there's this, their second to the last video is 20 minutes of me getting very specific about what I would do if I was starting over. And now that you say it like that, I say the the beginning of it is like, yeah, doing the same exact thing. The first several planning, the first several posts according to a product that you want to make. A, you know, a $5 you know, book or something like that. You know, that solves someone's asshole problem, right? You yep. know? Um, and, and in fact, you know, I'll just leave it at that because it's, it's, it's a good little... It's a good little uh, it, hey, it costs a dollar to sign up for fizzle.co, by the way. I don't know if when you're listening to this, this might be long in the future and we're not doing it for a dollar for a month. You know what I mean? For right now, first, though, go check it out. month, right now, it's a dollar. It's, it, it, it's so worth going and just watching that second to last video on my design course. And then you go back and watch the other stuff. And you'll be like, oh, my God, my whole life has changed. Anyways, that's how I feel. I really didn't think my whole life was going to be changed by this. I was lo- I was lost in a sea of despair and decay, and my heart had turned black, and I didn't know who I was. And I, frankly, I didn't even like the sound of my own voice. But she now, makes a return for another episode. Exactly. She's a little bit. She's a little like. She's a little. <laughs> she's a little rombowered. But now I'm feeling very good. You know why? Because well, the rombower, and also I found this course within Fizzle. I mean, it's super. Anyways, what were we talking about? A rombower wino is a really special kind of wino, isn't it? <laughs> High class wino. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, you know, it comes. It, it it's worth. It's worth. It's worth, worth the it. The money's. All right, I'm going to skip down a little bit. Um, another one here that... Um, you get two, pal. I know, I'm only, this some, is only my second one. I know, but you another one here is, sounds like it's like, oh, we'll just go to the list. Sorry, my second one. <laughs> okay, all right. You don't know where this... You I know, if you're going to unplug my headphones, I'm just going to leave right now. I'm sorry. I I take just, my ball and I'm going to go home. Right. See this ball? I'm keeping it now. I was just trying to be helpful. All right. So um, my second one is about not being different. So people don't realize that when someone comes to your site, they're going to be asking themselves very quickly, why should I spend any time on this site when I already know of dozens of others about this? And the only way you can answer that question at the first glance is by being explainably different. And I mean explainably like as in, within the first couple of sentences or your headline or whatever, you can explain how you're different than the other sites that exist out there. Mm. You know what I mean? Because um, let's say you're a a gadget blog. Well, there's a ton of gadget blogs out there. You know what I mean? So why am I going to spend time on your site instead of the other ones? How is your site any different than the other ones? Because people are going to like look at your logo and the colors and the design and the headline, and they're going to make a split-second judgment based on that and they're going to hit the exit button if it doesn't look like you're, you know, up to snuff, basically. Hmm. And one of the best ways to do that is through a concrete 
uh, unique selling proposition is one way that we call it, um, or just differentiation in general. So think about whatever topic you're going to approach, whether it be personal finance or fitness or design or whatever, how is your point of view and what you're doing different? How are you going to stand out from the sea of competitors that already mm-hmm. exist out yeah. there? And I have a great quote here from Paul Jarvis about that exact thing. He says, "Perfect clarity is something that most people miss. They get so caught up in what they're building, they forget that others need to understand it and hopefully buy it. I read far too many sites, and at the end of reading them, I haven't a clue of what they do or why they're charging $300 for a 45-minute Skype call or something. Yeah. Yeah. Dig it. I like it. Okay, those are good points. All right. All right, Corbett. I think those are good points. All right, you're going to let me off the hook now? I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> All right, good. All right, let's do some rapid fire on some people that we've talked to. Uh, Caleb and I have, have been in touch with a handful of people, and we have a, a, a post where people have written on it before. So um, I got in touch with Pat Flynn today, and I asked him that question. What do you wish you would have known before you started out on smartpassiveincome.com? And he said, I wish I knew how important relationships are with other people in the industry. Mm. I was too afraid to reach out and befriend others at first and thought I could go it alone, which was completely wrong. It was when I finally connected with others that things finally started to move. And I think would, would, who, you, you let out a, in a little amen. I felt a little spiritual sort of. Uh. I was like, mm, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's dead on. You felt it? Yeah, people feel like they can just do things on their own, like in a little bubble, that they don't need anyone's help, or that it's weak, or that, you know, others don't want to hear from them, or whatever. Yeah. That's, Pat is, like, dead on. And then I I asked asked Derek Halpern, uh, and of course he said, uh, nothing. (laughs) Just that, no period or nothing. Hey, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to burst your bubble here, but I don't make any mistakes. I don't, nothing. I really don't know how to answer this. <laughs> but then he wrote on. He actually had a post today where he's wearing a, a pink tie. He's got a, a a cute little tie thing going on right now. His stylist has been uh, sending him text messages. I'm sure. Like, hey, his stylist should try some ties. But uh, no, but he looks great, Derek. You look great, pal. Uh, but his post today was literally just about that. About getting in touch with people. And he would say he was just trying to rape their inbox to get them to post something about his stuff on their site. But Pat's way, and we've all felt this. We've all gotten to know Pat. We see how human and and honest he is and how much of it's just a basic, it's just a regular-ass relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's nothing special. And, and that's what makes me want to talk about Pat. That's what makes me happy to promote anything that he puts out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so Pat, and I, I bet Scott Dinsmore, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but I bet he'd say the same thing because I know I've heard him tell that He's story big on it. He's about big on meeting it. you and Leo, that changing his whole deal. You know, I, I think uh, Scott or Pat or anybody who wants to make that argument has a really strong position to say that the strongest thing you can do for your business is connecting with other people, whether they be peers or mentors or your audience, just in all three directions, connecting with people. That's going to set you straight no matter what. If you can't figure out what your problem is, if you feel down in the dumps and you're about to quit, if you're not, you know, getting enough done, all those things can be solved by connecting with people. Totally. That's cool. All right, Caleb, you got something? Yeah, so I have two here that are both related to email list. Natalie Sisson says, I'd say not starting a list soon enough and then being too scared to email them often enough. Nice. So that's that's a combo of she that's didn't build her Natalie email Sisson, list fast enough. Su- suitcase entrepreneur. We have uh, a uh, founder story with her coming up in in Fizzle, and oh, no. uh, she has a really interesting story. She's one of the one of these people. I know that a lot of people listening to this are like, all right, this is great, but. 
I think I feel like you're talking about a lot of twenty somethings who <clears throat> didn't really have anything to like leave behind. You yeah. know, well, Natalie, uh, like myself and others, Chase um, had careers that we left behind that were, you know, in some cases like big careers yeah. that we felt like were our, going to be our life. And then we had to leave those behind. And that's a really scary thing to do. And yeah. Natalie tells all about that in her foundation. And mm-hmm. Steve Cam said the same exact thing. Steve Cam of nerdfitness.com, massive site. Um, he said, I wish I would have known how important having a dedicated email list is. I didn't do that until 16 months after I started. And he also says, I wish I knew how important it would be to be different. It would have saved me nine months of suck. And he gets into both those in detail in his fizzle story and founders, uh, his founder story and fizzles, yep. fizzle.co. Anyways, it's happening. It's getting towards that end of the day. Good. But, uh, but that, that is a, it, it's funny. It's interesting. Hey, how we've been teaching this stuff for so long and we almost don't even mention email because it just feels like such a, like a thing that we've known, but man, does that ever change the whole game? When you start saying, like, when you have to go through the thing of saying, I would like for you to subscribe because I'm going to offer you value. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When, you're for, when you ask them to do something, and it's not just like a little sidebar widget that just says, sign up for the newsletter. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, when you actually take it seriously and, and, and you say, I'm, you know, one of the things that I learned with Father Apprentice is I said, you know what? We're getting better as we get older. Every day I'm learning new things about how to do this. So we're going to get better with age. Uh, which is a little trick I learned about talking to my wife. Hey, babe, hey. stick with me. I'm getting better as I get older. <laughs> I'm only like a third of the way done with this thing, and exactly. by the time I am done, exactly. it's going to be great. But that, that was, I, I had to do that work to find an honest way of saying, this will be worthwhile for you. Yeah. You know, and not, and not, the, not trying to get people to sign up who weren't going to anyways. But anyways, but then once you had that, once I had that, Building those relationships, I have a I have a very small but strong group of fans at Father Apprentice. Still, you know those five hundred guys are like to death. They're, yeah, like we love each other totally. You know? And that's the thing, like you know, numbers don't matter. Yeah. it's really about the engagement. That engagement. It, I, even we was listening to the Metrics episode, which was what was Metrics again? What was that twelve? Eleven, maybe. Type you don't have these written on your hand, tattooed. Come on, no, darling. But- What's your I'm waiting until we get to 20, and then I'll just oh, do wait, the whole hold on, forearm. Hold on, I've got it up there. <laughs> do your whole forearm. Vanity metrics, 11. Okay, um, so, but I was listening to that, and that, that, yeah, like, and Derek, even in his latest post, he's like, I know people who have 100,000 subscribers. You know what happens when they tweet a, tweet a link? You want to know how many people click on it? Eight. Eight people. <laughs> I, know, I know who he's talking about, too. <laughs> click on that link. Yeah, you know it's what? about engagement. It's about engagement, dude. It, it totally is. You can have... 10 Twitter followers and be profitable, yep. you know, depending on your business. Okay. And anyway. that goes right in line with Adam Baker, who founded Man vs. Stat, now works at Still Motion. Uh, the video studio in Portland says, I would have only focused on email subscribers, not RSS, not Facebook. And I would have had a Twitter, but just to share links and connect with other people mm. the way that you can't on a blog. Yeah. Um, this is from Mark Helwig, who started up CliveCoffee.com. He runs an awesome little shop up in Portland. If I had known more, I might not have started it at all, but I'm glad but the uh, the wisdom of knowing whether to pivot or persevere and to take longer to interview people before hiring. Um, mm. so that pivot or persevere is about whether or not tough. being able to look at your business and say is this working or isn't it? If it isn't working, what is working about it that we can maybe build the business let's, more towards uh, in that let's direction. Do an episode on that at some point. Yeah, well, yeah. It's a it's a hard thing 
to know how to teach. I mean, you need the specific examples in some ways, but yeah, totally. And then also, like, hi, now you've experienced this, this. We've all kind of, I actually have never hired anybody as a, as a uh, contractor at all to work with stuff, but I've been in, 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 in like my startups that I were in and other companies, like, I've, I know what it's like to work with contractors, yeah. mm-hmm. developers, and things like that. He says uh, he would have taken longer to interview people before hiring. Yeah, there's no rush. Yeah. Not just interview. Um, there's no rush. Have people work on a project for you. Carve out a little project that's a c- few weeks long and have them work on that project. It's great for both sides. Like we talked about in episode 15, um, Caleb and I started working together on sort of a, you know, a part-time, you know, trial basis because it's good for both sides. Yeah. You know, the, the, um, potential employee gets to see what it's like working for you. And if you're a, megalomaniac asshole or not mm-hmm. and you get to see if they're able to perform and if they fit with the team culture yep i like it what do you got you want another one okay yeah. here's barry davenport she says i would have done a lot more research on how to start a successful site and invested money in a coach or mentor who knew what they were do- doing mm-hmm. i was so eager to just launch the site but 99 percent of the work should have happened before i ever launched it to figure out you know what you want your site to be, what you want to do, and then make the appropriate choices each step of the way to get there. Hmm. Corbett, do you need to go to the bathroom? I do. Okay, you can just take a little break. <laughs> Caleb and I, he's, he's bouncing around here like a schoolboy. He's like holding himself. No, I can't feel it. <laughs> but um, now that's interesting to me because now actually I, I do know Barry and she is, she's, she's calculated, right? Mm-hmm. She's calculated. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't necessarily say cautious, but she would. Uh, I could definitely see that personality type being like. I wish I just knew the knew knew more. Because uh, you know, how often do you, Caleb, see someone who's just who's really researching way too much? They're they're, re- they're researching as an excuse not to do anything. Right, and that happens a lot. But I think you just need to set a deadline and yeah. say, okay, I'm gonna launch whatever on this date and. That gives me this much time to research and this much time to get stuff ready for that launch. But like what you're saying, I think if you don't set a date, you can just research forever. Yeah. Yeah. I think deadline actually is a great tip on that. Uh, I have one here from Brett Kelly. He wrote the Evernote Essentials book, which if you use Evernote at all or don't, if you don't use Evernote, you should go get this book because it'll show you what you're missing out on. Um, He says he wish he would have known how hard it would be and how much uh, he would grow to dislike his own product because it's still there and there's still lots of work after the fun subsides. Okay, that's a, that gets to that like whole everything becomes a job in the end. You and know? I think he's on version four of his book now. I think he's currently making four. Did he? I think he just launched three. <laughs> yeah, you missed, you missed it. You missed it all. Uh, but we're talking, Brett Kelly gets into the, that he wished he would have known that everything would have become a job at the end and, and known how, how hard it was going to be even after that. You know what I mean? Not only getting up to the fact where you've like launched the thing and made the thing, but now it's still there and he's still working on it and there's still value in it. You know what I mean? And, yep. and not that it's a horrible thing, but just that like, hey, this is a job. This is work. Yep. Well, and I just interviewed Benny Lewis for Fizzle who runs Fluent in three months uh-huh. and he's had the same product for years. He has one product, yeah. pays all his bills, travel all over the world, full time, one product. He's just kept iterating on it and gets feedback and making it better and better and yeah sometimes you can do that i mean if you have a product that specifically solves people's problems yes it might become a job after a few years to have to continually update to new versions of totally evernote changes but 
Yep. You know. Oh, Benny. Benny's so great. He's so great. Okay, do you have any more, or should we call it? That's the last one I had. Okay, that's the last one I had. Well, that's perfect timing. Look at that. That just ends up working real serendipitously. I don't have any because I'm a slacker. Okay, if I if I if you I just don't have any friends to text. Okay, looking true? back, if I could say, you know, if you got one thing from this episode, I would say it would be my two things. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like wishing for more wishes? Isn't that kind of cheating? I yeah. know you're the you're the you're the a holes who answered Stephanie's uh, or was it Darlene's question about like if you could just do one thing in a day, what would it be? I would plan the things I was gonna do that day. <laughs> Is that what we said? <laughs> yeah. You turds. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, no, uh, it, yeah, uh, but frankly, yeah, uh, if, I, if there was one thing I could get you to get out of this episode, it'd be like, just listen to the whole thing. There's so, there's such a wide range of, of like walking around this issue here. I mean, there's like a whole huge outlook. Uh, like if you get through each one of these perspectives, that's, that's a, like you've just saved yourself a lot of heartache. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I think, you know, I mean, if we reduce this, though, I don't know how much we talked about. You did. You talked about this with the um, whole uh, butthole yeah. diatribe you went on. Yeah. If we had, for me, if we had to reduce this down to one thing, <laughs> it would be create something valuable. No way. You would go for the butthole thing. Yeah. Create, I'm so honored. Create something. I'm so honored. Create something valuable because if it's important enough, uh, all the other stuff, like your website design yeah. and how many people you know and all and being different and all that kind of stuff, it really doesn't matter. If yeah. you create something that's uniquely valuable, boom, that's it. Da, da, da. You're done. Oh, I like that. What about you, Caleb? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Slay people's Butthole. dragons. Sorry. Figure out what their problems are. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, slay people. I thought you said, <laughs> I said, find a sleepy dragon. <laughs> I was like, What? <laughs> Whoa, that's deep. <laughs> Whoa, that's deep. Yeah, we've got a we've got a soundbite of Caleb going. Whoa, that's deep. <laughs> no, he actually goes. Oh, that's deep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you'll see that on the show notes. Fizzleshow.com slash sixteen. Uh, right? Yeah. Isn't it going to sound real, a lot better when we can go fizzleshow.co slash? I mean, dot co. Right? That's going to be great. You guys. <laughs> uh, we could probably have that done by next week. I can't wait. That's going to be awesome. Okay, um, well, I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Lee Barr. And I've been Caleb Wojcik. Oh, I thought we were going to get a middle <laughs> thing from you. Oh! I had to change it up. I always get that! Ah! <laughs> I wanted it so bad. You see my little four-year-old face? Yep. Oh, God, that was exciting. Thanks, guys. See ya. So there you have it. Awesome episode. Listen, go to fizzleshow.com slash 16. You're going to find some Jamaican dance hall music, some uh, pics, amazing, amazing pics of uh, Johnny Resnick, which there's more Z's in his name than you thought. I guarantee it. Uh, Jeffrey Veen quotes and, and conversation with other listeners about this episode. Do pop over fizzleshow.com slash 16 and let us know what you think. It really, it really does mean a lot to hear from you guys in the comments and in the reviews. Here's a great review from SecCon9. These guys are hilarious. And in between the jokes, there's tons of insights and wisdom about how to build a business. Super engaging and valuable. Thank you so much for that review. I wish I knew how to pronounce your name correctly. SecCon. And this is obviously a screen name. SecCon9. Uh, but we are, we're, so, we're so grateful. There's, there's a handful of, of great ratings and reviews up there 
Listen, if you like this conversation, if you feel like you got something out of it, can I just ask you to, to leave us a review, an honest rating in iTunes? It doesn't cost you much, and it means the world to us because it helps us get into the earballs of other hopeful entrepreneurs. You see what I mean now about the, uh, the, the, the backside hole thing, the b-hole thing, huh? It actually makes a little sense, huh? Makes sense. You're, you're like, uh, it's, a, it's kind of, it's a, good, it's a good picture for this thing. You probably won't forget it. You know, hopefully it's not much of a, hopefully it's not a too loud of a picture in your brain. I apologize if the imagery is a little intense there. But listen, people, business is simple. Make something that people want. Not everybody, just someone. Make something that someone wants. Okay? It's our sincerest hope that you find the path through the BS, through the fear and isolation and hype, and into work that matters to you. Cheers. We'll see you next Fizzle Friday.